Welcome to the first Sikha of Parshas Balak in Chelekid Gimel on page 78. This is a Sikha on Rashi in the Nevuah of Bilam on the Pasuk Matoivoy Alecha Yaakov, which we say every day in the beginning of davening in the morning. Ala Pasuk Matoivu Oyalecha Yaakov Mishkan Eisecha Yisrael. How goodly are the tents of Yaakov and the dwellings of the Yidin. Pirish Rashi, so Rashi explains. What's the, what did he see that's good in the tents of Yidin? He saw the openings of their tents are not exactly one across another. In order that they shouldn't be able to peer into another person's tent, so they made the openings not exactly across another person's tent. What's the meaning of Mishkanaisecha? It's your encampments. Kitagumai, as the Targum here says, that it refers to the encampments. a second shot. Matoivu oyalecha, matoivu oyal shiloi ubeisei lamim. How good is the oil of the Mishkan when it was in shiloi, and also the beisamikdash biyishuvan when it was standing. Shemakrivim ben karbonis lechaper alechem. That in the both in Mishkan Shiloi and in the Beis Hamikdash, the Yidden bring Karbanes to atone for them. Mishkan Eisecha, according to this pshat, what's the meaning of Mishkan Eisecha? Af keshehein charevin. Even when the Mishkan Shiloi or the Beis Hamikdash is destroyed, it's also good. Lefi shehein mashken aleichem because the Eibush takes them as a security for you. The Churbanon and their destruction, kapare alanafoshes. It's an atonement for the souls. Shenemar, as we could see in the Pasuk, it says, Kilo Hashem has The Eivish to end his anger, Ubamekilo. How does the Eivish to end his anger? Vayatzeis Eish B'Tziyayin. And he burnt a fire in Tziyayin by burning the Beis HaMikdash. That's the security and that's the kapara that it brought upon the Yidin through the Churban of the Beis HaMikdash. So these are the two pshatim that Rashi here says in the Pasuk. So the Rebbe has many, many questions on these Rashis here. No less than nine questions, as we'll see. So the first question over here is, when Rashi says, that Mishkan Eisecha means your encampments. Why does Rashi not say that the meaning of the word Mishkan Eisecha is like it is the simple pshat? Mishkan means dwelling. Mishkan Eisecha, your dwellings. How goodly are the dwellings of Yidin? Why encampments? You never find in the Torah when it describes the Yidin where they, where they camped that the Torah should use the singular term of Mishkan. That we camped. We, the encampment of Yidin is, is Chanaiseinu, not Mishkan. The term Mishkan means a dwelling. And Rashi here is taking the word out of the Pashat Pshat. He's bringing the Targum that says that it means Chanaiseinu. What's forcing Rashi to do this? Beis Meloshen Akasov. Another question: If you look at the words of the pasuk, Mochach, it's clear Shematoivu when it says how good Nimshach Gam LeMishkanisachi Yisrael. It's saying how good are the tents of the Eden, and also Matoivu goes on the second part of the pasuk, Mishkanisachi Yisrael. Okeilu Nemar, as if it would have said in the pasuk, Matoivu Mishkanisachi Yisrael. How goodly are the encampments of Eden? Now seemingly according to Rashi, what's so special and what's so good about the encampments of Yidin? 
Rashi doesn't tell us. When it comes to Oyalecha, Rashi explains that Bilam saw that the entrances of their tents are not facing one another. But when it comes to Mishkan Isecha, Rashi doesn't tell us what that is. Gimel, another question. It's well known, the klal, the rule, when it comes to Rashi, the way he interprets the psukim. It was said already many times. If Rashi brings two or more interpretations on one Indian, each one of these pshatim has a question that there isn't in the other pshat. So the question over here is, What are the relative difficulties with each one of these pshatim and therefore Rashi brings another pshat? Another question here is, when Rashi brings the second pshat, Maitik Oidapam Esatevis Matoivoyalecho. Rashi again brings the words of the Pasik Ma Toivo Oyalecho. And Rashi does not say as he usually does, in short, Dovaracher Matoivu Oyal Shilevachulu. Usually when Rashi brings the second pshat, he says Dovaracher and goes directly into his second pshat. He doesn't bring the words from the Pasik again. Why does Rashi do that here? Hey, the fifth question. Maine Rashi counts Shiloi Ubeisilamim. That what are the goodly things? What's good that uh, Bilam sees? He sees Shiloi and Beisilamim. Ve'ene maske oil mayit. And Rashi does not mention the oil mayit right over here. The Eden war in the midbar with the Mishkan, the oil mayit. Shahai itam Beisabarcham, which Bilam sees now as he's benching the Eden. Why does Rashi skip that and go to the Mishkan Shiloi and to the Beisamikdash? Vav, the fifth, the sixth question. So what's the good that Bilam sees in Oyel Shiloi and in the Beis HaMikdosh? Mefarish Rashi, so Rashi says, that it's the place that the Yidin bring Karbonus. Seemingly. Why doesn't Rashi bring the, the main goodness that's here, in, in, in the Pashtab Shara of the Pasuk, when we look back to what the mitzvah is, that the mitzvah is to build a mikdash, what purpose? To have the chchina dwell there. That's the main goodness that there is in the Mishkan, or in the Beis HaMikdash. There are places for the dwelling of the chchina. So why does Rashi specifically point out Makrivin Bahem Korbanas? The seventh question, Manegeela Vonas Pirishakosovayalecho, Sha Karbonas Haim, Lechaper Alechem. What's the reason that Rashi spells out when he explains Oyhalecho regarding the 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 Khurban that the Karbanis are Mechaper, they atone upon you, Vishakhurbanisha Mishkanisecho, Kaporal Anafoshis. And Oyhalecha, um, let me go back again a second. When it says Oyhalecha, that refers to the Beis Hamikdash that it's standing. So, so Rashi says that it's the Karbonis, which are a kapara on you. And the Beis Hamikdash, when it's destroyed, Mishkan Secha, who kapara al nefashis. It's a kapara for your souls. Why is it Pachlal Negev for Rashi to bring this? The whole lineage of Karbonis. He sees the, good, the goodness that you didn't have, which is the Beis Hamikdash. And that goodness is both when it's standing and even when it's destroyed. Why does Rashi have to bring this whole Indian of the kapara, of the karbonis? And Rashi stresses that there's a kapara for the souls. If for understanding the meaning of the word mishkan over here, mishkan secha, 
that it's a mishkan, it's a shemerum is bezeh and it's a hint on the churban of the Beis HaMikdash. It's a security, which is a, that's what the churban is. Nochotz ladas, it's important to know, shachurban, kapara ala nefasha, is that the churban is a kapara for the souls of the Yidin, madu ala niskirin yinzeh bepirish rashi bereish parashas pekude. Why doesn't Ashi bring this up earlier, in the beginning of parashas pekude? Shegam shom pirish rashi, ha mishkan mishkan, shnei pa'omim, the Torah writes the word mishkan twice, remez le mishkan, shenis mashkin b'shnei churbanan alavainisein shal Yisrael. It hints, to the two Bate Mikdash that have been taken as a security both times, they wish to destroy the Beis Mikdash because of the sins of Yidin. There, Rashi does not bring up this union of Karpara ala nefashis. Why not? Ches, the eighth question here is, Ma'u in the Kapara al hanafashis. The nefashis, the souls need a Kapara. What kind of a Kapara are we talking about when we say nefashis? Lashen she'ene ragul klal. This is a Lashen that's totally unusual. That the nefesh of the person needs the kapara. Tess, the ninth question here is, Kivin shal Definitely, when Rashi chooses this term, kapara ala nefoshis, it's definitely precise. Maya raya kilo Hashem es chamosay. That the Ebishter ends his anger, shechurbanon kapara ala nefoshis. That's the posik that Rashi brings to prove what the Chorbin accomplishes, that the Chorbin is a kapara for the nefashis. Where do you see in the Pasuk, Kilo Hamasai, that it's a raya for this union of kapara ala nefashis? So we have many, many questions over here. And the, the Reb wants to know what are the two pshatim in general in Rashi? Why does Rashi bring two pshatim? And um, what's the uh, union of Chani Yisecha? What is this all about? Rashi doesn't even spell out what's good about the encampments of Yidin. And then in the second shot, the main thing that the Rebbe focuses on a lot over here is this Indian of Kapara ala nefoshis. The Chlal, the Indian of Karbanis that Rashi brings up. And specifically this Indian of Kapara ala nefoshis. What is this terminology of Kapara ala nefoshis all about? So the explanation in all of this is as follows. So let's go back and looking at the theme of what Bilam is talking about when he says this Nevoah. These are psukim here that Bilam is saying is Nevuah, but we have to look a little bit earlier in a few psukim before to see what he's talking about. As an introduction to this Nevuah of Matoivu, or as we'll see soon whether this is actually a Nevuah or not. Let's see. But as an introduction to this Matoivu, so what does it say? Vayisa Bilam is saying, Bilam raises up his eyes, Vayar es Yisrael shaychen l'shvatov, and he sees the Yidin dwelling each to its shevet, each to its Tribe. So Pirish Rashi, Rashi explains the meaning of Shaykhan Lishvatov. He saw each Shevet dwelling to, their, to themselves. Each Shevet had their place, as we know, the Yidin in the Midbar were divided with the, the Golem. Each one had their place, and each Shevet was separate from, the, from another. And they're not intermingled one with another, everyone has their own place. And Ra, he also saw that their doors, their openings of their tents are not exactly across each other. That a person shouldn't when he opens his door and another he has a tent right across where the door is also could be open and be able to look directly into his neighbor's tent. They created it in a way that there should be privacy and modesty and sneers that everybody's tent door should be, the opening should be not across another tent. 
So the Rebbe explains now this Rashi of Sheikh and Shvatav, and based on this Rashi, we'll understand Matoivu, which follows this Indian. What brings Rashi to explain Sheikh and Shvatav this way? Pashtus Loshen Akosov. If you look at the simple reading of this pasuk here, Vayar es Yisrael Sheikh and Shvatav, and he saw the Eden dwelling according to their Shvatim. Mashma Shera Chiddush. Bilam recognized he saw something unique, something new. A very unique and good conduct of Yidin. It's this that he saw that caused that the spirit of the Ebishter was upon him to bench the Yidin. As Rashi says, Rashi, when he saw this goodness of Yidin, so it entered into his heart, not to curse the Yidin. So therefore Rashi explains what was special, what was so good, what was so unique of what he saw in the way the Yidin were, were living there in the Midbar. He saw how the Yidin were camping in the Midbar. So He saw how the Yidin lived. Each Shevet was living separately it was organized and each shevet had their own place. It wasn't just one big intermingling between one and another. And this shows that the Yidin were very, very careful with their lineage. They were very careful in their lifestyle, the way they lived and who married who and the children that were born, that it should be kosher to children. And they were very, very careful with, with, with their whole lifestyle and the yuchsen. This already is brought before in Parshas Bamidbar, when they had to prove their, prove their lineage of each Shevet, as Rashi says, how did they prove when they were counting the Yidin? How did they prove which child, which person belonged to which Shevet? They brought the books that they had, where they had written the lineage of every person, and witnesses that testified on exactly who was born to whom. It was very, very clear, and everybody lived in this way, where the Shvatim was separate, they camped that way, they lived that way, they had everything recorded, and the birth of all the people. That Shazet, the Rebbe says, This shows on the, the amazing Maila of Yidin, to what extent they were careful with Tznias, for everybody to live appropriately and properly in a kosher way and have children in a kosher way. This was the special middah of Tznias that he saw amongst Yidin, that each Shevet camps separately and vein and Murav, they're not just all intermingled with one another. Since Bilam saw this level of Yidin, Nispal B'yayser, he was very uh, moved by this. He decided not to curse the Yidin. That's one detail that Ashi tells us. But Ashi says something else. It should have been written in the Pasuk. That the Yidim would dwell in each one in their Shvatim. Why does it say L'Shvatov? The mashma she'en ha'shvatim mu'v'uravim yachad. Sheichel l'shvatim means that they dwell each shevet separately. That's the first point that Rashi says here. Yach ha'shidiyek ha'kosov lo'yma sheichel l'shvatov. What does the Pasuk say? It says sheichel l'shvatov. In their tribes, in their shvatim, hareza yachoche, that exact word that the Pasuk uses, l'shvatov, proves shira o'edin yanayla. 
that Yis that uh, sorry uh, Bilam saw something else here. Hamesbate b'lishvatov, which means b'chol shevet v'shevet bifnei atzmai. Not only the general style of encampments of all the Eden, the way all the shvatim dwelled separately, but within each shevet separately, nikesh zeh shevet Yisrael. You looked at the way they uh, put up their tents within each one of the shvatim, and there was something unique that you saw that Eden had. And therefore Rashi adds another point, that they set up their tents with the doorways, not one across another, so they shouldn't peer into their friend's tent. That Bilam seeing this level of Yidin, this mile of Yidin, this caused Bilam not to want to curse the Yidin. So there were two things that Bilam over here saw that was unique. In this Lashon of Sheikh and Shvatov, he saw the general style of encampments of Klal Yisrael, that all the Shvatim are separate. And he also saw the specific way they are living within their tents and the openings of their tents that they're not one across another so they shouldn't look into each other's tents. So now we come back to the Rashi's Pshat of Matoivu Oyalecha Yaakov and Mishkan Yisrael Yisrael. Now fitting to this introduction of what Bilam saw, Mevaya Rashi Hemshachaksuvim Rashi explains the continuation of the Psukim. When Bilam came to speak good on Yidin, who Mefarish, so Rashi says, La Achria Psiche, after the opening words that it says, Nuum Bilam Benoi Baer, the Gaimer Gluye Noyim, describing and opening who Bilam is. So Hatam So here the Pasik gives you the reason why he's not going to be cursing them. So this is not actually yet the prophecy that Bilam says. This is giving the reason based on what he saw, based on the two things he saw, he now is going to give the reason of why he's not going to curse the Yidin. And here he says, because of the two things, the two good things he saw amongst the Yidin. Matoivu he saw the tents of the Eden. He saw how their tents are positioned, the openings, the doorways of their tents. And then he also saw the Mishkanei Secha. What does Mishkanei Secha refer to? The general style of the encampment of Yidin in the Midbar, the way each one of the Shvatim was camping separately. There was no intermingling between one and another. The two points that we spoke about before, and therefore the Pasuk over here says, Ma toivu, how good is? When you read this in the simple interpretation of this, this is not yet the bracha of Bilam or the nevuah of Bilam. This is Bilam expressing his spilos, his excitement or how moved he is of the good things that he sees. Which is the reason why he won't curse them. He speaks in their praise and he benches them. And this is the Pshar of Rashi here. That's one good detail that he saw amongst Eden. The, their tents, the position of the doorways of their tents. Rashi says, it refers to their encampments. So Rashi switches from this simple pshat, Mishkan Yisecha would usually mean your dwellings. Why does Rashi here say that it means Chani Yisecha? Because this is Hamayla Hashniya Hanal. This is in connection to what we said before, the second Mayla, the second good thing that he saw amongst Yidin, the way all the Shvatim and generally were encamped in the Midbar. 
the way they were camping in the Midbar, each Shevet separately. And this is also fitting with what it says before in the Redi and Parshas, Each one of the, uh, from Yidin, they all camped in their camp with their Shevet. Now, because this Pshad of Mishkan Secha is not the usual Pshad of this word. Usually, Mishkan Secha does mean dwellings. It doesn't mean encampments. So, therefore, Maisef Rashi, As a proof to his Pshad, Rashi adds that he took it from the Targum. The place of your encampment. The word Meshrach means your encampment. Everywhere. So, therefore, Rashi took from the Targum this Pshat that it refers to Chani Yosecha, which is the uh, second Indian that Bilam, the good thing that Bilam saw amongst Yidin. This is all the first Pshat of Rashi. So, Rashi here is, is explaining that Bilam is expressing the two good details that he saw amongst Yidin, and because of these two things, he says, how good they are, and therefore, this is the reason why he's going to later bench them. Now the Rebbe will explain what are the questions in this pshat. According to this pshat, the first pshat of here in Rashi, Kosha, we have the following questions. Aleph number one, as we already pointed out, We never find that the word Mishkan means encampment. The word Mishkan usually means dwelling. So this is an unusual interpretation of this word. Beis, another problem here is the order of the Pasik. Chanoya Sashvatim is Klal Vegam Bizman. The way the Shvatim in general are camping in the Midbar, that's more inclusive. That refers to the general picture of how the lifestyle of all the Shvatim. And it's also something that comes earlier in time. And only afterwards should come the detail, which is once they actually put up their tents and the way they position their tents. That's only a detail. The Chol Shevet, within each Shevet. Okay, and if so, the Pasuk seems to be out of order. The first should have spoken about the good that he saw in Yidin in the general encampments of all the Shvatim before he talks about the, the, the specific position of the tents. Which this is also the reason for the order in Rashi before. Before when Rashi spoke about what Bilam saw, so Rashi first says that he saw, he saw them all camping separately and they're not intermingled. Only afterwards Rashi says, Because that's a detail within each Shevet. So why over here does the Pasuk say it in an opposite order? Gimel, another thing over here is, The fact that each Shevet is dwelling separately, camps separately, and they don't intermingle, This seems to be the, the, the main point over here. This is relevant for the status of all the people that were born, to know who their father and mother was, and to have it clear they're, they're, that they're born bekashers, they're born pure. 
The Godla Malase Baharbe, this is much more relevant, this is much more powerful. Comparing it to the other detail that the openings, their doorways, and not exactly one across the other. Which is only coming to prevent this Indian that a person shouldn't be able to look into his friend's tent. What's, what's more important? What's more relevant? The fact that you have the cheskes leidosom, that Yidin lived in a, li- a lifestyle where every person was born the kashros and there was the modesty in their lifestyle, that's a much more general, general Indian than talking about this detail that they, the doorways are not one across each other and they can't look into each other's tents. For this reason as well, the order in the Pasuk should have been the opposite. How good is the encampments of Eden in general? And then to talk about the detail of the doorways. Matoivu does go on both, but because it's logical to say, the Matoivu, with what it starts off with, when it says Matoivu, whatever it says first, that's the goodness of that is stronger. That's why it comes first, and that's right directly after the word of Matoivu. So, what's the reason for the fact that we switch to say that of the Pasik? Besides what the Rebbe said before, that it's a klal and a prat, now the Rebbe is looking at the actual theme of these two things, that in the Teichene Indian, it makes sense to talk about what's more important. The fact that the Eden don't intermingle and they marry properly and they have children properly, that's much more important than this detail of Eden not looking into one each other's tent. Shaila Dalid al Matoivu According to the Pshat that we're saying here, that Matoivu is actually not a Navua. This is just Bilam explaining the reason why he sees good in Eden that he's not going to curse them. There's no Navua here. In the Pasuk where it says, that I've quoted before, part of the Pasuk, that this is Bilam speaking, so then it says also there, that that Bilam hears a prophecy from the Eibishter. And only after that, that it says that he hears the prophecy of the Eibishter, does it say, but according to this Rashi, it's not a prophecy. It's not yet the prophecy. So this Pasuk should have been before when it says, Nu'um shemeya imre. Af However, the Rebbe says we could say, <coughs> Since there's this opening where Bilam starts speaking about who he is, that he's Bilam, so the Pasuk concludes to say that he also is having a prophecy. Although the next Pasuk is not yet the prophecy. But still, the Rebbe says, Matoivu over here is coming after it says that he had a prophecy when this is not yet the actual prophecy that Bilam had. Because of these questions, maybe Rashi, Pirisheni, Rashi brings a second shot. And here, the second shot, Rashi is telling us that Bilam is telling us a prophecy about the future. That Matoivu refers to the future in Oil Shiloi and the Besam Mikdosh when they when they're standing. And Rashi doesn't have to explain, but it's obvious what Rashi will explain. But even before Rashi gives the explanation of what goodness there is there, it's simply understood that there's a tremendous goodness in the oil shiloi and the Besamikdosh. Because it says here the terminology of oil, a tent, that's how Rashi knows we're talking about the oil of shiloi. 
Omnam, it does use a plural term, so it's clear. It's including not only one place, it's not only including Oyel Shiloh, but it also includes another place, in the content of what this place is about. It's a Mikdash, it's similar to Oyel Shiloh, and therefore Rashi says it refers to the Beis Elamim, to the Beis Mikdash. So that's the pshat of Matoivu Oyalech, referring to the base of Mikdash. This is a Nevuah for the future going on the base of Mikdash. And then Mishkan Isachi Yisrael. Gam Bazam Achovan Oyal Shilei Beis Elam. This is also a Nevuah on Oyal Shilei and the base of Mikdash. Elisha Nidden Du Bizman Churbanam. Here the Pasik is talking about at the time when they are destroyed. So here the Torah describes it in the Nevuah here as a Mashkin, Mishkan Isachi Malashim Mashkin. Now this is the time period when the Abisha takes away the base of Mikdash as a security for Klal Yisrael. That's the second shot of Rashi. So the main thing that's, that's bringing Rashi to say this is that now the order of the Psukim is, is, is much better. First you talk about the base of Mikdash and the oil Shile when it's standing. And then after that you talk about when it's destroyed. So the order of the Pasuk is right. And also it's a Nevuah. It's Taka Nevuah, which comes after it said, Neum, Neum Shemeya Imre Kale, that he's saying a Nevuah here. Now the Rebbe will come and explain why Rashi brings in the Indian of Karbanas. And also why Rashi specifically talks about that the Khurban is a kapara for the nefoshes. What's the meaning, what's the significance of this expression? As mentioned before, it's self-understood what goodness there is in the oil Shiloh and the Beis HaMikdash. Heim b'kiyumam, both when they're standing, v'heim b'charbonah, and even after they're destroyed. Shaharei oz, harehen mashken aleichem. It's a security that the Ebesha holds for Yidin, that Yidin should do tshuva. So there's, there's a goodness in that as well, it's self-understood. Kol makayim, harin izboyer le'el, as we mentioned before, so the same is relevant for the second shot as well. When this pasuk uses the term ma how good? This is the giving a reason why he's not cursing the Yidin. In other words, even according to this second pshat, that this is already the beginning of the prophecy of Bilam, but nevertheless, even according to this pshat, when the pasuk uses the term ma it's also giving a reason why he's not cursing Yidin. This is also true over here according to this second shot. The goodness in the prophecy of Bilam here is also a reason why he doesn't curse them. So therefore Rashi adds over here, that when the Beis HaMikdash is standing, you bring Karbanis that atones for Yidin. The Gam, and Rashi also adds, V'churbanon, even when the Beis HaMikdash is destroyed, Kapara ala nefoshis. It's a Kapara for the nefoshis of Yidin. How is this an explanation why Bilam doesn't curse Yidin? Fahabir. So the Pshari is as follows. And now again, the Rebbe tells us, we have to look back to see what happens over here in the story. If you want to know what Rashi is saying, you have to see the context of the Psukim. Why did Bilam want to curse the Yidin? What happened there? Ha'achana de Bilam, in the preparation of Bilam for his Nevuah, in the beginning of all this whole Indian here, He did not, he was, wasn't going like he did usually when he was saying his Nevuah. What, what, he was trying to do something different. Pirish Rashi. So Rashi explains, what did, he, what did he try to do different? He said, Let me mention, let me remind the Ebishter of the Yidin sins. 
And then my curses upon Yidin will take effect for the Avedis that Yidin do. That's what Bilam was trying to do. So therefore, when Bilam comes and finally benches them, so it's necessary to explain why Take it is that remembering and mentioning the Avedis of Yidin, the Klala, the curse, will not take effect. When the Pasuk says, The Milo of the Beis HaMikdash, or the Oyel Shiloi, is Pirushai, Pirish, the Pshar is, That the Beis HaMikdash is Mechaper, it atones for all, I mean, the sins of the Eden are atoned for, and therefore the Klala cannot take effect on the, on the Avenus, on the Avedis of the Yidin. That's why Rashi brings in this whole Indian of the Karbanis and the Kapare to explain why Taked and Avua of Bilam, where he was trying to mention the Avedis of Yidin, couldn't take effect. But Rashi is not satisfied with this. Aleph number one, This only includes those sins when the, when the Beis HaMikdash is standing. But there's still room for the Klala of Bilam to take effect, looking at the future in the Avedis of Yidin after the Chorban. And then there's no Karbanis to be Mechaper. Bey is not only that, Gam Oz, even when the Beis HaMikdash is standing, Harei HaKarbanis Mechaperim, Rakala Shaygik Beis The Karbanis are only an atonement for those Avedis that is a Shaygik for Issacharis. There's a Mezid in certain cases for an Issacharis where there's also a carbon. In certain Lavin, as it says in Chumim Parshas Vayikra, that there's a carbon for. For a Mezid, and a Bay Issacharis, or Mrs. Bezdin Vachulo, where there's a Mrs. Bezdin, ain't a Karbanis Machaprim. The Karbanis do not atone for the Avedis of Eden. So the Klala of Bilam that he was trying to remind of the Avedis of Yidin could take effect even while the Beis HaMikdash is standing for these Avedis that there are no Kabbanas for. So therefore Rashi adds The destruction of the Beis HaMikdash is a Kapara for their souls. What's this mean? What's the meaning of souls? Masim lepirushai, and this goes along with what Rashi explains before in Parshas Kaidach. Hachatoim elu These individuals that sinned with their souls, and Rashi there says shenasim shenasu poishim benavshaisam. They are sinners with their souls. When is that? Shenechloku ala kadosh baruch that they came to rebel and fight against the Abishta himself, which is Tachlis Apshia. This is the ultimate sin to come and rebel against the Abishta himself. So what Rashi over here is saying is that the Khurban Besam Mikdash is an atonement even for the greatest Aveda of all, even for a, 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 a Pshia and a, 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 a when they are fighting against the Abishta himself. So therefore we understand that the Khurban Besam Mikdash is a kapara for everything, for all Avedas. If even the worst Aveda, so it's a kapara for everything. That's why the Nevuah, why, that's what Bilam is saying over here, that his, um, his curse can't take effect, because even for the worst Aveda, the Eden have a kapara through the Chorban. Ken another thing that Rebbe says we can say is, Shekavanosoi, that the Kavan of Rashi over here, al kalpanim leramis, Rashi is at least is hinting to this, kapara ala nefoshes. There's a kapara for the souls, plural term souls. What is this referring to? It's referring to two times in the Torah when it uses the term nefesh regarding an Aveda. The soul that sins, 
Veshaygig, Vead, Vehanefesh, Ashatase, Biyad Rama. The soul that sins, Bemezid. So Nefashayis refers to the fact that the Chorbin is Mechaper on both of these Nefashayis, whether Beshegik or Bemezid. That's the Pshat in the Rashi over here. And that's the reason why the Klala of Bilam can't take effect. So Rashi proves the fact that this Chorbin is a Kapare for the Yidin, a total Kapare for all sins. Shenema Kilo Hashem Eschamosai. The Pasuk says this ends Hashem's anger. The emphasis on the word kilo. Kolayma meaning, shal yedeva yatzeis eish b'tziyen. By bringing the fire in the Beis HaMikdosh, Chorben Beis HaMikdosh, the destruction of the Beis HaMikdosh, kol soch hamasa shal HaKadosh Baruch Hu, this totally ended the anger of the Eibishter, she beglal of inesayim shal Yisrael, which is a result of the Averis of Yidin. So hare, this proves, shen eskapru, al yedea chorben kol ha'avaynes gam achicha murais, all the Vedas of Yidin, even of the past, everything was totally, totally atoned for through the Chorban Beis HaMikdash. Otherwise, there's still left over of the Abish's anger. And the Pasuk says, Kilo, that the destruction ends the Abish's anger. So that's the riot to the whole thing that Rashi is trying to say here, that... Bilam sees that there are no Avedis. There are no Avedis by Yidin that his curses could take effect on because the Yidin have Karbanis, and even when they don't have Karbanis, they have the destruction of the Beis Mikdosh, which is a kapara for all of the Avedis of Yidin. We'll move on al and based on this we understand, Why Rashi brings again from the Pasuk the words when he says the second pshat. To emphasize, that these words of Bilam here, this is also an introduction to explain that the that the klala, uh, the, the curses can't take effect. Even though according to the second pshat, it is a prophecy for itself, but it's also an introduction and a reason why the uh, klala can't take effect. That's what Rashi wants to tell you, that even according to this pshat, he is explaining the ma'toivo and this is what forces us to say that what is the goodness of the Beis HaMikdosh who it's the Karbanis that atones for the Avedis and also the destruction of the Beis HaMikdosh is the Kapara now based on this we could understand the question of the Rebbe, one of the questions before was, why doesn't Ashi bring this in Parshish Pekudeh as well, where it's mentioned the first time, Hamishkan Hamishkan. So over there, there's no point in bringing this Indian of the Karbanis. There it's just coming to speak about, it's a hint for the two Batim Mikdoshes. It's not this whole theme that we're talking about over here. The kapar of Eden is irrelevant there. The mile of the Beis Hamikdash, what it's all about, is not. It's not negay. It's just coming to be meramas that there's going to be more than one mishkan. There's going to be another two mikdashes. which is not the case over here, as we already explained. Over here, we're coming to explain why the nevua of Bilam and why the klala of Bilam could not take effect on Klal Yisrael. Now the Rebbe will explain what's the problem with the second shot. Why does not Rashi? Why doesn't Rashi bring only the second shot? However, we have the following problems with the second shot. Aleph number one: It's a doichik to say that the beis mikdash, which is a house, it's a permanent place, 
should be referred to in the Pasik with the expression of Oyal, Oyalech, which is a temporary place. Beis, another problem is, Nizbayer, there's another Sikh, this is in Chelek Aleph, where the Rebbe explains. Regarding the Rashi in Pekude. Why there does Rashi not say that the two times that it says Mishkan refers to Mishkan Shiloi and to the Beis HaMikdash, like he does here? Why over there does Rashi say that it refers to the two Batim Mikdashes? Because regarding the Mishkan Shiloi, it doesn't, it's not really uh, befitting to use the term mashkin, that it's a security, that the Ebesher takes it as a security. Why not? What's the, what's the concept of a mashkin? Mashkin hu davar hanitl me'aloive ba'ifin aray. A mashkin is a collateral, a security that you take from the borrower on a temporary basis. Aray uzmani, achi yifra achayv, until he pays back the loan. Sh'oz chayzer ha'mashkin lo'bailo. And then you give him back the, the mashkin. So using that as a, over here regarding the Beis HaMikdash, to say that the gives back what he's taking, that you could only say regarding the Beis HaMikdash. In the second Beis HaMikdash, he even got back the same Beis HaMikdash as well. Now the Rebbe adds, although the second base of Mikdash was not exactly the same as the first base of Mikdash, but they are similar in the main point of what they are. They're both a permanent home for the Ebishter. Which is not the case when it comes to Mishkan Shiloi, that's a temporary dwelling. That the term Mishkan Isecha refers to Mishkan Shilei, which was a temporary dwelling, and it's only a Mashkin, and the Abishra will give back Mishkan Shilei. The Abishra never gives back Mishkan Shilei. After Mishkan Shilei was destroyed, the Besamitash was built. This Mishkan was never given back. So therefore, in Parshish Pekudei, Rashi doesn't say this. And according to what Rashi says over here, that Mishkan Isecha does refer to the tents. It refers to the tents when they are destroyed. That's why over here, as we said before, Rashi says that it refers to an oil. It refers to the Mishkan Shile, which is an oil, because Mishkan Isecha is talking about the oil when it's destroyed. Hayes over here, the Pasik uses the term Oyha Lecha. We're going to have to say that it at least includes also the Mishkan Shile, which is a tent. So, therefore, this, this creates a problem. On one hand, we have to say we're talking about a tent, which is Mishkan Shiloi. On the other hand, regarding Mishkan Shiloi, you can't really say that it's a Mashkin, because it's not a collateral that the Abisha takes and returns. In Parshish Pekudeh, the Torah doesn't use the term Oyalecha, because of this question. The Pasik there, we say, is not talking about Shiloh, it's talking about the two Mbatim Mikdashes, which the Abisha takes and returns. So those are the problems that we have with the second pshat of Rashi. Therefore Rashi also brings the first pshat. 
The first pshat is closer to the simple pshat of the pasik. The first pshat is the main pshat of the pasik. Because the first pshat is smoother in the flow of the pasik, as Rashi explained, as Rebbe explained before. And what's the main problem we have? The problem we have with the first pshat is only in the order that things are switched around. Bilam begins talking. With, um, about, about the encampments of the, or, or the positions of the tents. And only after that he talks about the general encampments of Yidin. So it's out of order. Regarding something which is out of order in the Pasig, so that you find a few times in Taita that you switch around the order of the Pasig. Which is not the case in the second shot. Over here there's a problem in the Taichen of the Pasig. That it's, it's talking about an oil, and that we, we say it goes on the base of Mikdash, which is a bias. And it's talking about a mashkin, and it's not really a mashkin bachlal. Be'evish does not return the same mishkan shiloi. So this, these are much bigger questions, and therefore Rashi brings the second pirish second, and the first pirish is first. Ha'hayra mi pirish Rashi anal, the lesson that we can take from this Rashi. Mitaychen pirushay nira. From the content of what Rashi is telling us here, we can see how important and how relevant and how powerful the Indian of Tznias is, modesty is. Even this detail, that their doorways of their tents are not precisely one across another. This is not a very central and important thing in Tznias. It's only the purpose of this is that one person shouldn't be able to peer into the tent of his friend. But even something small like this, when he, even a person like Billa Marasha sees this, so this affects him and causes that Allah that it, he decided not to curse the Yidin and he benched them like a continuation of a continuation of the pasuk. So the lesson of this is, a person should not make the mistake and say to himself, when it comes to those basics and those very important things in, in, in areas that sneers, like the first thing that it says here in the Pesach, that the Shvatim are camping all separately and they're not, they're not intermingled. We're talking here about the fact that families are separate and the relationships are appropriate and the children are born that are kosher. The main things about Sneas. That's the basics and the main things. That's something that he can be careful with. When it comes in the area of Sneas, of something that seems to be very trivial, very petty, over here, this is an area that is not so necessary to be so careful with this. So this is a mistake. A person should know even the smallest detail in Sneas is very important. Like we see over here, the effect of even this small detail that Bilam noticed that the effect it had on him that he did not curse the Yidin. And it, 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 changed, it changed his heart from one extreme to another. But there's still room for the Yitzhahara to come and persuade a person and to tell him as follows. When is it true that even a petty, even a small detail of Tznias is important? 
when a person is in his primary place and his general and more permanent conduct. When a person is in a temporary place, it's not his regular place. When he's out on a trip somewhere, when he's out of the city, when he's out of his normal place, and over there he's more relaxed and more open. So over there he thinks that it's not so important to be careful with even the smallest details of Tznias. So for this, you also have the lesson. That he sees this small detail, that the openings of their tents are not right across each other, which means even when they're in temporary dwellings, even when a person is found in a temporary place, this being careful and this level of tznias, that even the smallest thing matters, is relevant here as well. On the other hand, when a person is careful with this, then the result is transforms everything into a blessing. As Rashi says, he wanted a curse to Eden, but he benched Eden, the Mishkan the Abishta returns the Mishkan completely, the returns the Mashkin, the base the base Mishkan, the base Mikdosh, Shemashkin The idea of a security is the, the lender holds the security there and it exists in its possession all the time. So the Beis HaMikdash is there, prepared and ready. And when the Yidin's atonement will be completed, it will come down and descend in the world forever and ever. Before I conclude there, let me just um, refer you to Ha'ara 34, which as you notice is Ha'ara which is emphasized and the words are even larger than the Pnima de Sicheh. So the Rebbe here spoke about the conduct of Tznias and being careful in Tznias even in a temporary dwelling. So the Rebbe says, Here's the place to emphasize something that's relevant for this time of the year and in summer when people go out out of their regular dwellings, those people that are lenient, in areas of Tznias in the summer, and specifically, they're found in their vacation homes outside of the city, and there, and from those, they say to themselves, I could sin and do tshuva. The expression that Chazal used, Echtov Oshev. And the Rebbe here on the play of words, the Rebbe says, Echtov Oshev, Kasha Oshev Eira. When I'm out, outside of the city, so over there I'm more relaxed. Over there I don't have to be so careful when I'm in the, when I'm in the temporary dwelling. When I come back to the city, Oshev, so there I'll go back to my regular conduct of Sneas. And the Rebbe adds, Sneas is relevant for men as well. This is something the Rebbe used to speak about many times, that Sneas is not only for women, but it's for men as well. But it's more specifically relevant for women. She is the anchor of the home. And therefore her conduct it will affect to a very large degree the children that she raises.